Good afternoon. This is the weekly wrap for January 7th. Uh, this week's trade was dominated mostly by headlines out of Argentina on their weather, headlines out of uh, China and their difficult startup coming out of the virus uh, lockdown situation, and managed money moving in and out of these markets. So we'll start with the weather in Argentina where we've seen uh, continued dryness even though they got some rain earlier in the week and I think that got uh, some liquidation in these markets. Uh, we saw corn pull back pretty hard. We saw wheat get smothered again. Uh, we saw beans make the high but then pull back here pretty aggressively. So, uh, But the long-term maps are returning back to dry in Argentina, leaving the market guessing again now uh, what are the scale of the losses down there on soybeans, on corn, on wheat. So the wheat crop's pretty well locked in. It will be quite a bit smaller, but the trade will be grappling with uh, are we 5 or 10 or 15 million metric tons lower on corn? Are we 5 or 10 or 15 million metric tons lower on beans? Or if the drought does intensify over the next three weeks, could we start grappling with 20 million metric ton loss? We won't know. We need to see the weather for the next three weeks. The USDA is at this point probably 10 million metric tons higher than the average trade estimate uh, on corn and on beans. Uh, we do get a government report next week, Thursday, where they will come up with the year-end estimates on yield. Uh, they will give us quarterly stocks, uh, and they will start to make small adjustments in the South American crop. So this will be a very big report for the USDA, and I'm expecting the market to trade pretty violently on their data on Thursday and Friday. Uh, but fundamentally, uh, the weather in Argentina remains bullish for soybeans and for corn on the global balance sheets. As far as China and their reopening, uh, it has been somewhat problematic. We're not getting great data out of there, but we do know that the, their hospitals are very full. And there are a lot of deaths among the elderly as this Omicron variant, which is, um, you know, milder than the original COVID, but it is uh, creating problems in the elderly there. But I think uh, business activity, uh, movement on airlines and trains and on the roads is uh, returning back to normal very quickly. And so we expect uh, China to essentially give it another three uh, four weeks, uh, they will progress and, and uh, the herd immunity should be kicking in uh, and their economy should return back to normal here in the next several months. That leaves open-ended questions on demand for grains and for food and for fuel, but it's uh, really only going to get better, should only get better for demand for them uh, over the next several months. The war in Ukraine continues to grind. Um, no real progress there. Um, Ukraine is striking deeper into Russia, uh, and so that's creating some problems for Russia. We're not exactly sure how they're going to respond to that, so no progress on the war there. Uh, harvested uh, crops are down 30% from last year, and they're expected to be down another 30% next year as uh, fuel, fertilizer, equipment, labor continue to be a problem for Ukraine and Ukraine grain production going forward. Um, 
like I said, we get a USDA report, and from them, basically anything's on the table. Uh, we are you know, pretty comfortably marketed on soybeans. At this point, we can handle whatever they can throw at us. Uh, I do believe the signals continue to be quite strong uh, in the grains for not only the spreads and for the basis levels that we're seeing trade. Uh, the funds, the managed money, did add to their positions on corn and beans pretty dramatically last week, but they still hold a very large short position in the wheat market as a hedge against their corn and bean length. Uh, so that's keeping volatility pretty extreme. But chart-wise, I don't see anything uh, significantly breaking down in the charts, just further consolidation. I'm going to start pretty aggressively here on cotton uh, on some numbers here. We did see a pretty good close on Friday, um, but we're not have not gotten a strong conviction on a breakout on price. And so I'm going to give you a few targets here. The high that has kept the market pinned down on cotton for the last several months is 89 to 90 cents, and that area has acted as heavy, heavy resistance. But we did close at uh, 85 and a half, and so we're really not, again, all of a sudden, not that far away from resistance. Now, I don't really want to market anything or consider marketing anything until we get through that 90 cent area. The next area of resistance comes in at the 200-day moving average and the downward sloping resistance of the long-term chart at around 98 cents. So... If we get bullish enough information from the government on this January report and we do break through 90 cents, uh, it would mean an immediate test relatively shortly uh, around 97, 98 cents. That area will act as resistance for quite a while in the cotton market, I believe. So for us, for those of us that are a little behind on marketings, what we're looking for is a breakout above that 90 cent area and what would be a, a quick test uh, uh, eventually of that 97, 98 cent area. So I'd like you to stagger some orders. Once we clear 90 cents, you're going to get a text from me to start staggering in some orders at 95, 96, and 97. <clears throat> Not actually at those levels, just below there. But we're going to stagger in some orders uh, and do some light catch-up marketing for those of you that are undersold. Uh, that is the area that I'm going to use to do some catch-up sales. For those of you that are 50, 60, 70% sold, we're going to hold and we're going to wait for what I believe will be a further move at some point uh, back above a dollar. Now that move may not happen until later in the spring, but ultimately I do think a test of a dollar ten, dollar fifteen is coming. This recommendation is for those of you that are undersold, under that 60% sold mark. I want to use that test of 95, 6, 7, 8 in that area to get caught up at least 50 to 60% sold. Um, in the corn market, again, no changes in our view there. We're still looking for an ultimate breakout above this area of resistance that's coming in around 690. If I can get above that, then it opens the door for that test of that gap at that 730 area. And so I'm looking for some help from the government out of this report. If I don't get it, then we'll have to grind a little bit further. But I'm still looking at strong basis levels. I'm still looking at the market inverted. Uh, and, and I'm still reading the cash signals that are indicating to me that this stocks and stocks to use ratio is much, much tighter than where the USDA has it. Now it's just a function of when do they admit to that. 
on soybeans, similar story, but you know we've hit some of our targets a little bit earlier, so we've gotten ourselves pretty darn comfortable on soybean marketing. Got that first little sale there for new crop at 14.25, and then got another layer sold at 15.25 for old crop. So we're really quite comfortable there. I have no interest in selling any soybeans really until we maybe go test the contract high around that 15.70, 15.80. For some of you, that may be good enough to finish this year's marketings. For others, you may want to hold that as more gambling stocks for an ultimate test of you know uh, of the weather market that starts to kick in around May or June. Uh, for corn, uh, new crop, no interest in selling any new crop until we get a lot closer to 640, 650 on new crop. We have to make, we have to may, may have to wait a little while longer for that test. For new crop cotton, uh, we're in a similar holding pattern. I have no interest in any marketings of new crop cotton uh, or any hedging ideas until we get a lot closer to 90 cents. Uh, for a lot of us, that's break even, so we're not going to be real excited about doing some marketing or hedging there. But from a technical area, I think we're going to get there. And I'm going to encourage you to at least to do some put buying at that point. The wheat market continues to be sort of the um, the stepsister of the whole complex. Again, like I mentioned, I think it's being used as a hedge against their corn and soybean length. So they're keeping that pin down. But ultimately, I think it's an incredibly dangerous and silly move to be short that much wheat with the Ukraine war uh, still raging uh, and, and no certainty on that corridor and a continued drop in production coming out of Ukraine. So no interest in any wheat marketings uh, until we get a lot closer to $10 on both those markets. So that's the update. Have a wonderful weekend and we'll catch up with you real soon. These are my opinions, not those of ADM or ADMIS.